Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this preview of uh, STS Backroads. I just wanted to drop this real quick into the main feed to give everyone a little preview, a little sample of the Patreon-exclusive podcast that I have started doing. Um, just like the first, I don't know, four or five minutes of the actual topic of the episode, which was Black Eyed Kids. Uh, if you like what you hear, then uh, consider hopping over to Patreon and uh, joining it. You can find it at patreon.com slash stscast, or you can go to stscast.com and click on the support tab, and there will be a link to Patreon there as well. So without further ado, here is uh, just a little bit of the Black Eyed Kids episode. Back to the modern era of the Black Eyed Kids. The story that really seems to bring the BEKs to the forefront was the story of Brian Bethel. Brian lived in Abilene, Texas in 1998. One night around 9.30, he had driven to a shopping center to pay a bill. He parked his car and started writing out a check, intending to toss it into the store's drop box and go home. As he sat in his car, he was startled by a knock at the driver's side window. He peered up to see two pale-skinned boys in their early teens. He cracked the window and asked them what they wanted. One of them replied by saying they wanted to see a movie, but had left their money at home. They wanted Brian to take them back to get it. This seemed fishy to Brian, not only because it was just an odd request anyway, but because by looking at the marquee of the nearby theater, the last movie of the night had started showing an hour ago. He hesitated, and just like Harold, he began to feel dread deep inside of him. The boy then pleaded with him, adding, It won't take long. It was after this that Brian made eye contact with the two boys. He noticed their black eyes. And Brian didn't waste any time. He sped off in his car, was already on, like already had started, and looking back, behind him as he left, 
the two boys then vanished. Brian Bethel's story is probably the most famous Black Eyed Kids encounter. I mean, it really is like the first one that started the whole thing. Uh, but there's another one of note, and that is of Ohio resident that goes by the name of Notick. Notick is an alias, as he wished to remain anonymous. He worked as a computer programmer at a data center on the weekends. He worked a third shift schedule alone. At around 5 a.m. one night, Notick went outside to the front of the building to have a smoke. He noticed two kids milling about who seemed to be in their mid-teens. It wasn't odd to see people or even kids outside the building, but at 5 in the morning, Notick finished his cigarette and went back to work. Ten minutes later, he heard the intercom buzz. It was the two boys. Since he was the only one in the building, he had full reign over the intercom and the security cameras. He asked over the intercom what they wanted. They said nothing. Looking at the security monitor, he saw that one of them was beckoning to him to come and open the door. He tried to ignore them, but they would not go away. After some time, Nodick went into the lobby, and it was then that he noticed their black eyes. So this one he notices them kind of early on, and I have an idea about this. So um, the lobby doors, it was kind of a glass facade, but it was two-way glass. So he could see them, but they couldn't see him, or so he thought. And I just wonder if, because they were behind this, this kind of weird mirrored glass, if the effect that the black-eyed kids tend to get off, give off, or uh, negated somehow because of that. He pushed the door open and was ready to tell them to leave, but he was cut off by one of them asking to come in. He told them no, and if they didn't go away, he would call the cops. This didn't seem to phase them. They just wanted in. To use the phone, they said. Nodick pulled out his cell phone and again threatened to call the police before shutting the door and going back to work. They didn't leave. One just stared at the camera in the front of the building, and the other went around to the back and stared at a camera in the back of the building. After about an hour, he told them once again over the intercom that he was calling the cops. Once again, they just wanted to use the phone. After this last exchange, he watched on the camera system as both boys met at the back of the building. They then walked into a blind spot, with, which was also a dead end. So this, he says that this was a, a place where you could go. It was the only place around the building where you couldn't be seen by the cameras. But if you went in there, it was just kind of a dead end. You had to turn around and come back and be seen on the cameras again. There was no way to get away or to hop a fence or anything without being seen on the cameras uh, even if you went into this kind of dead-end, you know, blind spot. So then they just disappeared. Nodick did call the police, and when they came, they found no trace of the two boys.